Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $20 on the steel MS-162 or MS-170 chainsaw. Real steel. Offer valid through June 30th, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Live from the 6th and Peabody studio and across the OutKick network, this is OutKick 360 with Jonathan Hutton, Chad Withrow, and Paul Kuharski. Coming up in 20 minutes, Dan Dockett of Don't At Me with Dan Dockett across the OutKick network. He'll be with us. Welcome to OutKick 360, final hour here on this Thursday edition. Crew is all here. We're in the arcade. We're revamping the uh, current studio. We're in with some uh, big announcements coming up regarding that. Looking forward to unveiling some things in the very near future. Uh, also in the near future, Shine Fest right here at 6th and Peabody with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Shine Fest, as you could imagine, uh, involves a ton of moonshine on National Moonshine Day. We've got in front of us the Blackberry and the Blue Raz. These are two popular ones. They have over 20 on the shelves, different flavors uh, to choose from, including just the straight white lightning, if that's what you're looking for, too. If you are in the Middle Tennessee area, if you are traveling to Nashville for whatever it might be, business, uh, recreation, just to get away, whatever, uh, make sure next time you're here, you swing by 6th and Peabody. Say hello to us. That's where you can find the Outkick Studios, as well as Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. That's coming up Thursday, June 2nd, Shine Fest, uh, next Thursday. Uh, live music. Um, you want to talk about a Catalina wine mixer? This is this is how you do a party. It starts at three o'clock in the afternoon until question mark. That is how you set up the start of a a party for Shine Fest. Uh, the only thing they don't have on stage, Chad, is Shine Down, who was uh, recently uh, in town, and we saw the big marquee downtown for them. So they have Cisco performing. Cisco, but is it the Cisco? Of the thong song, Cisco? <laughs> is that how you're going <laughs> to I mean, I saw I hope that, it is. and I'm thinking. Hum that to me. That's <laughs> hum huge. That, hum, hum that to me. The thong, the thong, thong, thong. Dun, 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 dun. You, you haven't heard thong song? This is late 90s, early 2000s, number one song. Well, see, I searched Cisco, and it's a different spelling. S-I-S-Q-O. So then I asked myself, is this someone intentionally trying to throw us off? Yes. That's going to be here? Like people show up I mean, expecting I love thong that song having and they get bluegrass? Know. Maybe they do a cover of the Oh, uh, maybe. Thong song. Maybe that's what it is. Yeah. Um, the Poe Ramblin' Boys and Roman Alexander. I, I, by reading those names, I got a pretty good feel of what type of music that's going to be. Mm-hmm. I see Cisco yeah. there and I want thong song, but if they don't deliver thong song well, and Cisco doesn't walk you're out. You're leaving in protest? Then I, I see Fest, Shine Fest, and I'm thinking, it, it, trust me, they know how to throw a party here. Um, so there's no telling who may be there. And I, I think uh, a little post-show toast may be in store for us, guys. Uh, I, I'm good with that. A little night out. I mean, I think that Shine Fest is worthy of Cisco also. Like a little night out. Cisco. So is Cisco still touring? Like, is he He's still? He's 45 years old. I've, I've got his Wikipedia page up right now. I mean, now a comeback by Cisco would be more surprising than Colin Kaepernick right now uh, if, he were, if he were playing uh, sixth and Peabody. 43 years old. Excuse me. 43. 43 Cisco. years young, some of us would say. Yeah. <laughs> All of us would say on this set, uh, for sure. 
Um, a couple uh, headlines out there. I think if you see a headline that says NFL roster management update, you maybe gloss over it. But it plays a factor for your team during the regular season because over the COVID-restricted uh, seasons of the last two years, we've seen practice squad increases. We've seen unlimited injured reserve recall to rosters after a certain time frame. This has now been updated this week at the NFL owners meetings in Atlanta, and here they are. And you guys can react as, as you see fit. Players placed on injured reserve will now miss a minimum of four games. It was previously three. So you're missing a month of the season. This is updated as well because they've added the extra game. So you're, it's not technically a quarter of the season anymore, but it is. I mean, you're, it's, it's one more. You, you have to have a, a legitimate reason to put on IR because the chance for recall uh, continues. Up to eight players now can be designated per season to return from injured reserve once placed on injured reserve going into week one. You have to designate that when you put them on. You put, uh, yeah, so if you think a guy's going to be back in four to six weeks, then you place them on that one of your eight players or can be that player. Longer. Or even uh, longer. Or longer, yeah. That's a good rule, and this rule existed previously to, to some extent before IR became a season-long thing, before they pulled it back for covid Teams need not to screw with this right? because that's why it went away because teams were trying to stash guys with minor stuff or with no stuff that they merely wanted to park for a little while while they looked at somebody else or while a guy got out of a slump or, or whatever, their roster in. manipulation. Instead of an inactive. Don't do that yep. this time. Well, so here's, here's another update to the rule. So eight players per season can go on injured reserve and then come off of injured reserve and rejoin the active roster. I say eight players. It's, it's eight designations because each you can do that twice now with a player. Every player can rejoin an active roster twice a season off of injured reserve. So if you're first six weeks of the season and then you, you know, pull a hamstring that's going to take some time, you come back and maybe three weeks later – um, you, you do something to your quad and you need, it's going to be a, a length. You can then put them back on injured reserve and then re designate recall them for recall. Twice. And then they could potentially, hey, and this, in my mind, I'm thinking, okay, if you think they could be back by playoffs, right. they can be recalled for a second you time. You could not do that the last two years with the same guy. The Titans had Marcus Johnson, a backup receiver, exactly. had a great camp. They were down at receiver. He got hurt the first time, went on IR right out of the gate, came back, suffered a hamstring, I think, went on IR. That ended his season. And he's a guy they could have used. He had a reputation for being injured, and he lived up to that reputation. And he's a guy they could have used back. No chance to come back after the second time. Also, you know, you're going to be more cautious with using this early and designating a recall you know, you got to be an important guy to be designated as a recall early because, you know, if you have a rash of injuries later, you're going to be – you want to be sure that you've got the opportunity. Yeah. There's some calculation that's going to have to go into how you use this. Teams can now or remain – you still have 16 players on your practice squad. I think that's a good thing. So you have the extended practice squad. Um, I think the teams have certainly enjoyed that. It, it enables you – um, to carry um, a position, your your autumn. I think it, this also entices to me 
this guarantees two quarterbacks on an active roster. Your third is your practice squad guy. In That's how I view that. Yeah. Um, this uh, allows you to have a, uh, a no, member uh, of just your... on the on the quarterback thing. Yeah. It doesn't guarantee that at the beginning of the season because no, that's right. because you're going to probably a team that really likes it third you're going to hold on to them until everybody gets their roster settled before you would release that guy and worry less about him being claimed maybe 2 weeks 3 weeks into the season where you feel more comfortable about releasing him and him not getting claimed there's a game that goes on with that Th- that is for sure I, that you're right on that um, the I think it also I would use one of those spots on a kicker I would sign a kicker after the preseason, I have week, after week one where the veteran contracts are not guaranteed. And if your guy either pulls something or Slumps. Is, is really bad, you have an option that you're just not bringing out the street within two days to kick for you on game day. Also, you, let, you see how many teams do that. If a lot of teams are doing that, then you've got to do it, right? Because the pool of kickers out there, if nobody Already does it, then, then you're, if nobody does it, then yeah. you're safe. The pool's out there. But if eight teams do it, then half the league's got a second kicker, then the pool's very thin out there. You better get one. So, again, roster gamesmanship, there's a whole other layer to it. And then where we've seen teams load up has been at the inside linebacker position, Absolutely. the two-down position, because you'll – and I, what, what I haven't seen uh, in detail yet is the roster – The eligibility. So you could do this. You could be you, – you could go on and off practice squad on game day twice during the regular season, and you would see the swaps – especially at inside linebacker, uh, a valuable position on game day. Guys who get beat uh, up a lot. Yes, generally. but they take a – yes. Small because that yes. position is getting smaller and faster. And also, uh, does, it, does it have much about the eligibility? You know, there were guys like, like Golden Tate, oh, a no, senior, exactly. senior veteran, was on, was on the, the Titans practice squad for a while last year. So they've created X number of spots on the practice squad that didn't have to be guys with minimal experience which practice squads generally been. What's, what's become of the practice squad here really is there's no minor league, and we've always talked about the minor league. This isn't the same for a quarterback getting those kind of snaps, but these guys are getting good experience running scout team. It takes loads off veterans a lot in terms of running show team. A good number of veterans don't have to do that anymore. Takes some wear and tear off of them doing those duties and gives these guys some chances to, to have – a really good week on the show team one week where the next week a coach might say, hey, let's give that guy uh, right. you know, some, some reps at the back end of, of uh, the real team. Uh, in the weeds a bit on the rules, but those rules directly affect every single fan on how oh, yeah. your general manager is going about talking uh, rosters this and time injuries. of year. Certainly with um, the injury coverage. Josh McDaniels has commented on Colin Kaepernick's um, uh, workout and throwing session with the Raiders. Quote, we brought in tons of people. This is from Shereen Williams. We brought in tons of people for workouts. If there's an opportunity to improve the team, we said it from day one that we would look at every opportunity. He's not the first player that we've looked at and not the last one. Uh, that so indicates zero specific. A whole lot of nothing. Makes him sound like uh, just another guy. Can I ask you guys for advice on something? 
to close out uh, this the answer's segment? yes. And Always. Yes. We love okay. advising each other. Should we so, guess yes or no based on no, whatever I just, this is about? No, I, I want your I, honest, I, I, I bet, I bet, I want uh, your honest no. opinion on this. You say no, I say yes. Right. So okay. I, I got uh, – <laughs> it's not really a yes or no okay. question. No, it's, make it a shape, shape it as a yes or no. It's what do you guys think right. about this situation. Okay. I was invited on a sports radio show this evening in Utah. It is a station that covers BYU athletics. Mm -hmm. And all they said is they've read my piece and they want to discuss it with me. They want to ask me about it. Do you think that I'm going to be challenged uh, because of the piece from them or just they actually read and liked the piece? Because I'm sitting there going back to it. I talked about Mormon money. I talked about the accounts they hold equal $100 Or is there a chance this is like someone knocking on my door and I'm going to be tried to convert it to Mormonism? No, I don't. I don't think it'll the, be that at all. I think they church. may. They may. Are you hit being you interviewed with, by Joseph Smith? I'm trying to figure out. Well, like, I mean, a descendant of maybe. I mean, they certainly are going to have more specifics <laughs> on, on those uh, those financial <laughs> things and all of that. So they may uh, not correct you, but add more meat to the bone on some of that stuff. Yeah, but I, I mean, think it'll be an yes. interesting conversation. I said yes to the interview. I was like, I'm happy to. Um, I also I had a number of people come back to the article, and because I had vanity number one, and said, "Oh, you know, it'll be a cold day in hell before this ever happens." And I'm thinking, I, once again, I said, set it, this, it up. I "Never set said it up this will happen." I said, "If if this could happen, these are the schools that have the capability of doing." I'm not I'm not predicting that these schools are all going to go all in and rise quickly. I would predict. I'm saying they could if they wanted to. I would predict their number one question would be, you know, read your piece, found that interesting. Why us? Why us on the because list? Because of the money. First and foremost. Well, the money, and they're going to the Big 12. Yeah, the move to the Big 12. I mean, I, and let's, just, look, let's I, flesh got, it out. I've got answers. I'm, I'm just curious if there's – I went back and read my piece on BYU, and I'm thinking, is there something in here that's incorrect on what I said, that this is going to become some big debate? No, like I'm, I'm Most kind of, of time, I mean, I'm kind of hoping for a viral moment where it's just us yelling back and forth at each other, uh, and then we start debating theology at some point also, and then that goes viral as well. Yeah, as long I think as the not, name, it's, it's not going to be theological. As long as the name of the show isn't Jack and Rod, I think you're yeah, okay. Yeah. No, it's a real oh, show. I wish you on Jack and Rod. I, I looked it up. <laughs> yeah, that, I wish you on Jack and Rod. No, I'd, I'd, I'd be a great guest. <laughs> Uh, unlike uh, so many, Chad would figure it out before he picked up the phone. But, yeah, um, yeah you should do the interview. And uh, if it goes off the rails the way you I mean, I don't think we've got show No, the way, the way you th- you're, you're considering. Keep it going as long if as it you does, can. Yeah, if it does and that. we've got a segment tomorrow. That's, that's right. We, Easy segment. We'll invite them on and ask them why, uh, why Chad. <laughs> if, not th- if not tomorrow, then next week when we're ready. Maybe they're going to ask you to lead the collective. Well, I'm, lo- I'm looking at the, the message again that I got on Twitter. And it says, hey, Chad, we are a radio station in Utah that covers BYU athletics. What's their station? What's their call letter? Uh, it's ESPN 960 is okay. the station is all I see. We saw the article you wrote, and we would love to have you on to chat about BYU and how NIL could change the program. That's great. And they asked for time. Utah County they, they have Sports a, a Station. Chat. Let's see what their logo is. But there will be no alcohol involved. <laughs> That's the only difference between this and Invite them to shine fest. Look, they've got a countdown clock to kick off. It's 100 days, 2 hours, yeah, 45 is, minutes, and 13 they're seconds. They're thrilled with your column. Until they kick off. Anything they can talk. I mean, this is just more content for them. Is it Mormons? They've got the Ben Criddle show, by is the way. Is it Mormons that have, the like ben a, Criddle that have like their own Mardi Gras? No. Do they go out and explore for like no. two or three weeks? That's or that just Do they just leave? That's the mission. Do they leave the no, church that's that That's the way? Amish. 
The they, Amish get to do that? The Amish. They explore. Oh, they go out. away. Yeah. yeah well, I was thinking about Hutton's thing about uh, Shinefest. Oh. Hey, guys, if you haven't yet, I'd love to invite you to Shinefest. <laughs> I know there's a four-year mission involved in your face, but I'm talking about a four-day Experience. <laughs> What's the Amish exploration? I'm not talking about your four-year mission. I'm talking about a four-day, full-on, all-senses experience <laughs> called Shinefest. And it's happening right here where I am right now You're in confusing Tennessee. this with the Amish Rumspringa. That's what it's called, It yes. begins at 16 and ends with an, when a youth either chooses to be baptized in the Amish church or leave the community. That's I, it. I've never heard of Rumspringa. I knew they had the chance to go and, like, experience technology in the rest of yes. the world and then see if so they you want to leave you get an iphone and then you either choose to renounce the iphone or can you uh, like imagine join the technological w- w- at what age do you want a, a 16 16 imagine so I was, I was six, i was like time. 14 when i got my first cell phone um and uh, imagine it, it, you mentioned that challenging time like imagine being 16 and experiencing technology for the first time and then being asked would Give you this like all to return for a horse and buggy? Would you like to return? Well, we're not mocking them, but, but we're saying, no, it's a very, like, I mean, what's the return rate? The I census. would like to know the return rate on Rumspringer. It's well, apparently very think, high, or they do away with it. I think it's all about like uh, you got to give choice. If you had experienced <laughs> only one thing. <laughs> Well, I mean, I your say parents it, are at home. Right? I say you're leaving way, your family in a way if you if you go. Yeah, you're to the kind world. of renouncing your family. That that'd be difficult at 16 for anyone. Well, you you go as long as it takes. But also, I mean, Paul, I think that you're taught to be repulsed by, by everyday life in America. I right? think we should all watch Witness tonight to get a, a, a renewed feel for this. I need to. I need to finish Ozark before I watch Witness. Yeah, where, where, where it's taking so long. Maybe well, I'll you watch had the birthday a night documentary on Westboro a, Baptist what, after that. How many, uh, how many episodes you got left? Uh, three or four. How are you feeling about things? Um, I, I think I've figured out how things are going to end. And Tell I think us. it's pretty clear. I think it's pretty clear. Tell us how things are going to end. Um, I don't want to ruin it for anyone else yet. Um, uh, well, uh, spoiler warning. Someone's about to guess how a show is going to end. Okay, gonna, you're clear. I... I think the sun is going to um, fire away at the end because he's been way too quiet as of late in recent episodes. Um, he's been hidden in the writing. What do you he's mean been, by he's, fire away? Oh, he's going to do something. He's been hanging out with his grandfather. I mean, it's a very boring storyline for him. So, um, John and, and the the daughter. You is, think he'll play a bigger part? You're saying Jonah? Yeah, because he. Yeah, Jonah. Thank you. Daughter's getting better and better looking. She's get well. She no. She's being she more know. and more a part of the storyline, which means she's about to not be. Again, I, I think they've tele, they've telegraphed it, but it's still very good. I'll say this: the daughter on Ozark is hot. Was really really lost in the writing and development of that show. Yes, like she had a big part the first season and a half, and she has been nothing but wallpaper for the last three seasons. Especially this like she's season, had very this, this she has not had a lot to do other than like, come on Jonah, <laughs> listen to mom and dad, or hey mom, hey dad, right. and then talking to one or the other. I just think it's important that she's distanced herself from Trevor Lawrence through this whole thing. No, there's still a lot of similarities. I, I there. still see distanced Trevor distanced herself a lot. A lot of similarities. I still, there. If I hadn't raised it, it never would have come up. I'm just glad she's of age now. She's been of age. <laughs> I looked that up before we raised she was, the top. She was 16 when the show started. And she's and now, we didn't start discussing it until she I was think she's 22. I think she, she Look was. Look at Paul. She we, and I, I, we didn't discuss till 18. <laughs> Nothing inappropriate was said on this show. We said she looked like Trevor Lawrence, who was also Plenty 18. inappropriate has been said on this show. It, it Nothing was also inappropriate 18. was said about her when she was underage. 
We we were comparing her to uh, the looks of Trevor Lawrence. I think she's, she's a pretty a, girl. She's like they could be twins. That was I think our she's a pretty girl, and I have no attraction to Trevor Lawrence. Well, I mean, let's also say <laughs> that was our topic. Trevor <laughs> Lawrence would be a pretty good-looking woman. <laughs> so I'm not saying this is a, as an insult to the actress. Right? What about to me? Like the, the actress would probably see Trevor Lawrence and say, "That's beautiful hair. You're a pretty person, right?" You know, this is very progressive. I just me. want to make sure I'm coming out of this okay. Uh, no, no doubt. Uh, it, well, you know what? It, we'll, we'll get Dan Dockett's to weigh in coming up. Uh, Dan is yeah, that's uh, a about good question. I think this is the yeah, worst. Is Trevor Lawrence attractive? Uh, let me yes let me no? let me say no, this. To start. Base it on me liking the girl. This is Rosa. the worst possible question to ask Dan Dockett because <laughs> one of two things. Will <laughs> he happen. hasn't watched those. One, are. he is going to give an answer that may get that's everybody in trouble. trouble. Not us, him. Or two, man for himself. He hasn't ever seen a second of Ozark. My guess is two is probably true. What if he hadn't seen He's a second? Never seen him. What if he hadn't seen a second the of man, Trevor Lawrence? That, the man lives on a lake. He's watched Ozark. Yeah. That's my point. All lake dwellers have yes, seen Ozark. No that's doubt. that's Hutton's theory. Oh, this is the show that's on a lake. <laughs> yeah. I mu- I have to watch it. It's in my HOA. I'm all in. I'm all in. This is also this fits Dan Dockage very well, the show. I agree. I'd be shocked if he hadn't watched. Hey, one other quick uh, pop culture note. Uh, I asked John McClain about This Is Us, the finale the other night. Paul, let me give you something that, that you'll like about me for this, because I rarely do it. The finale absolutely sucked. Hey, look at Chad not liking I it. I watched this show for years, and the finale was like a random episode in season three. Like Lost. There was nothing to it. No, no, Lost at least tried to do something in the end. Lost didn't know This was nothing. This was a normal episode with nothing big happening to close out the series. A show that got people to cry all over the world. And there was not a tear. The way to end dropping. it would be to have everyone laugh die. at the very end. Have everyone die. No, have everyone laugh because no, there was no laughing in this. There was it nothing. Was it was not even laugh. There was no tears. Sorrow. There was no laughter. There was no profound moments. There wasn't a fast forward to the future to see anything. It was I mean, a this nothing is a huge episode. shocker that you watched a show on network TV, which is so far below you. Like, I thought you asked your cable operator to take away your network channel. Oh, I'm never going to do it again now. <laughs> That's the last. Sorry, network TV. It's the last show you got me to watch. Certainly a network drama will never be watched my, again by me. One of my two friends that I was in Vegas with was very fascinated by Chicago PD because it's on after uh, European soccer on USA. Oh, so he got roped into it just by that. Well, there's like six Chicago. Yeah, so let's right. not keep Dockage waiting. Let's yeah, let right, him let's join go. the conversation next on Outkick 360. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Outkick 360 rolls on from 6th and Peabody with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Dan Dockich with us today as well. Dan, thanks for being patient with us there. And um, I know you're never at a loss for content or rants on your show in the mornings. Uh, but if you ever were, I would just simply say the name Frank Reich and just tune you up to, you know, 11 and, uh, and let you go. You did that again this morning. Who, who is comparing Matt Ryan to Peyton Manning in Indy? Reich was, right? These guys here in Indy, man, we lose our minds. I mean, <laughs> man, it, guy today wrote that it's a miracle that the Colts got uh, Matt Ryan and N- Nick Foles, like a miracle. Another guy wrote that 
Kenny Moore, watching him play, leaves him in awe. I'm like, Kenny Moore, and it, it, but everybody couches it. Well, he wasn't very good in the last two games of the year. Man, I'm telling you, the, the, the Indianapolis Colts have the greatest PR machine going. My callers will call in and say, hey, is the Lombardi already here? Do we already have it? Because we got Peyton Manning at quarterback, two miracles, a, a defensive uh, corner that leaves you in awe. I mean, we got it all, baby. I don't. It's Peyton and the miracles. But all, all that being said, <laughs> right. I don't. I, I I don't hate what they've done. They, I mean, I, it's not a miracle, but man, have they been lucky this off season to get out of the contract they had with Wentz and to end up with Matt Ryan. We'll see. You know, I mean, look. One of the things that happens, and, and you guys know this better than Andy, once it starts snowballing on a player, man, it's hard to turn it around. You yeah. know, um, guys that I really respect, one of them's name is Rick Venturi. Rick, longtime defensive coordinator, is like, Dan, you know, there are a lot of, a lot of reasons the Colts didn't play well the last two games. And Matt, and uh, Carson Wentz was definitely a part of it, but he wasn't the whole deal, man. And, you know, I, I do think that the Colts have done a good job. I do think that they have improved. I, I, I think that, you know, whether Matt Ryan's any good or not, still got to get a left tackle or get that solved. But you know what? They drafted a wide receiver that people think are going to play, a tight end that can get down the field. They got a good running back in Jonathan Taylor. And you know what? They're at least solid, if nothing else, at the quarterback position. So, And, you know, again, I, I, I always defer to guys that have coached. And Rick, as I said, Venturi's been there 35 years. He absolutely thinks – best thing the Colts did was get Gus Bradley uh, as their defensive coordinator. So I'll take his word for it. Look, we're all excited, but damn, you're right. Peyton and the Miracles. Here we go. Let's go undefeated, baby. Colts 2022. Peyton and the Miracles. I can't wait for this installment of the season. Tweet from Mike Florio, Dan. Quote, Colin Kaepernick with time to knock off the rust and prepare would be better than any options the Seahawks, Panthers, and Texans currently have. He'd be better than any quarterback, and he puts in parentheses, sorry to Anon, that the Dolphins currently have. He'd possibly win the job in Atlanta, too. Your thoughts? Well, logic says that's not true. And, you know, that 2016, Colin Kaepernick, you know, walked out after being, you know, beat out by Blaine Gabbard. That's fact. I mean, whatever you think of his social justice stuff is fine. Guy hadn't played quarterback in six years we all know what's happening here i mean you know the the white media is so afraid to be called an ist we all know that i mean everybody knows that and you know kaepernick uh you know for a guy that felt like the nfl is comparable to slavery uh certainly wants back in it you know i i'm not saying that i know much but i what i did get my undergraduate uh, minor in african-american studies because i wanted to learn i did i i, I knew i was going to coach kids at you know, African-American kids, and I wanted to learn. And I guarantee you, not one slave ever, ever walked out on a multi-million dollar contract. And, you know, whether or not the combine is a bit dehumanizing, that's fine, but not nearly as much as the hangings and, and, and you know, all the stuff that went on with slaves, whip, whipping, buried alive. I mean, things that if you studied it at all, you understand. So, you know, this, this whole thing is, is fine. I got no problem with Colin Kaepernick. In fact, I think it's great. I had no problem with Tim Tebow coming. Hey, look, whoever you want to bring into camp, bring into camp. But I do think that 
you know, if he plays well enough, then he'll be able to prove what he is. And I, I personally think logic dictates it's going to be a little bit difficult when you're talking about six years uh, yeah. removed from being an NFL quarterback. I just think logically it doesn't make a lot of sense. Do you watch Ozark, Dan? Love Ozark. All right. Do, do you uh, – Hey, real quick, I, said, I had a theory. We were discussing whether or not you would watch the show, and I said the man lives on a lake. Any man that lives on a lake is, is watching a Ozark. It's a fair point. Yeah, it is. All right. I yeah. think that the daughter on Ozark is an attractive young lady. And I think she also happens to look like Trevor Lawrence. Your thoughts? I agree. All right. You live on a lake, you do two things. You watch Ozarks and you drink. It's amazing how much more I drink living on a lake. Hey, what are you going to do? Let's go out and sit by and look at the water and have a couple beers. Oh, okay. People come over. Hey, what are you doing? Let's go on a boat and have a beer. Oh, okay. Swear to God, that's number one. Number two, I completely agree. I've told my wife, in fact, it's funny you say that, Paul. I say she's a very attractive young lady. Sophia Hublitz. What's that? Sophia Hublitz is her name. Let's give her her due. Yes. And if you put her picture next to Trevor Lawrence and you can't see a similarity, then you are blind or you have a vision problem because it's absolutely there. And I have absolutely told my wife as we watched that. No question about it. That's funny. So That's you're brave right. enough to admit that this, Trevor Lawrence is a handsome man. I think this would be a great – this is a good psychological question I'm going to ask. You could ask anyone that's watched the show. Does Laura Lenny's character, Wendy Bird, make you more or less attracted to her physically? That's a, I, I got to tell you, uh, I don't <laughs> think that her character her visually is attractive. That's not my thing. She's just, you know, maybe to other people. But I got to tell you, the way your character rolls, <laughs> I dig me. <laughs> well, I'm they all intentionally, in on Wendy Bird, baby. They I'm intentionally like, hey. made her look terrible through the middle of the final season. No spoilers, Dan. I, I'm, through, I'm, I'm four episodes they, from I, finishing. I think they were realistic. Like, if you watch Ozark, if you watch any of Ozark, man – they drive down the street and something else is happening. They come home, open the door, and something else is happening. They go take a dump, something else is happening. <laughs> These folks can't, they can't get away from it. So I look like 10 miles of bad road just because I look 10 miles of bad road bad. I think they did exactly what you said, Paul. I think they said, look, we can't have her be glamorous with all the stuff she's going through. Are you down. kidding me? That crap, hey, man, when the cartel takes your husband, and puts him in a damn dungeon, and then goes from there to making him a damn kingpin, that's going to wear on anybody. I don't care who you you are. So Josh Donaldson, uh, today he apologizes to Mrs. Rachel Robinson and the Jackie Robinson family for any distress this incident may have caused. But he also says, you know, my view of that exchange hasn't changed, and I absolutely meant no disrespect. In the past, it had never been an issue, and now that it is, we have a mutual understanding. Dan, I feel like this story now has reached a mutual conclusion and we can probably be done with it. And personally, I can be okay with both sides of this. Tim Anderson hates Josh Donaldson. He thinks there's some racial tension behind it, doesn't like the guy anyways. And Josh Donaldson is telling the world there's nothing racist behind it. It's something I've teased the guy with times before and he did not have this reaction. What do you make of the fallout of this and now what Josh Donaldson had to say today? I have a 
a thing where, and this goes way back, like, what are you really saying? Like, well, all right, yeah, I know what you're saying, but what are you really saying? And that's what I think Tim Anderson did here. I think Tim Anderson, Josh Donaldson could couch it. And I'm with you. Like, if he believes what he was saying was part of a, you know, and on the surface, somebody calls them, like, if I call myself jackass you know, in a newspaper article and somebody says, hey, jackass, I'm going to be like, yeah, he's calling me because of a newspaper article. But in Tim Anderson's case, he's saying, all right, what are you really saying? And that's always been a big part. Uh, what do they call it now? They have a name like passive aggressive or something like that. I don't even know what it means. But in my world, what it means is, what are you really saying, Josh Donaldson? What's the dig here? And I think Anderson probably is right. I, I would say I got no problem. Uh, at first, I'm like, we doing, Tim Anderson? You called yourself that. But then as you get a little deeper into it, I think, what are you really saying, Josh Donaldson? I think that's kind of what Aaron Judge uh, was alluding to, too. I think Aaron Judge didn't necessarily back his teammate because I think they know him. And it's like, well, okay, we get what you're doing. What are you really doing? Like, I had a writer for the Indy star, Greg Doyle, who's a boxer. And he don't like me and I don't like him. And he, he's a boxer. And he's like, hey, how about we box for charity? And he was very public with it. You know, we'll raise money. You're the great Dan Dockett. You're this. You're, well, I'm nobody. I'll just, and I'm like, okay, champ. I know what you're really saying. I've never boxed. I know what you're doing here. So, yeah, I'll meet you. Whatever you want to do. Let's go. Just, you know. But I always do that. I always go, what are you really saying? And uh, I think I think Anderson knew that. I think Anderson knew there was a little bit deeper than what Josh Donaldson was saying. Dan Dockich, our guest. Dan, where do you come down on – so Louisville has hired the grandfather of a top recruit of Kentucky, of Calipari's uh, next recruiting class who he's after. Where do you come down on hiring family members of recruits in order? I mean, hey, we know what they're, we, we know why they're doing it. Well, Milt Wagner has made a lot of money. If you remember, Dewan Wagner was the number one player in the country, Milt's son. And guess who hired Milt Wagner back then? John Calipari at Memphis. Calipari, right. Yeah. Milt's and this is DJ. Some, yeah, Milt's making some cash off these guys. And I, <laughs> hey, look, this has been going on for a long time. Look, my guy Bobby Knight, I did not know this. But on his, in one of his first two recruiting classes, uh, he got a kid named Tom Abernathy, who was a starter on undefeated team, and John Laskowski, who was uh, a legendary six-man on undefeated team. And he hired their high school coach, Bob Donald, who was a really good coach. And I don't, he probably deserved to be hired. This has been going on a long time. We all know about Danny Manning, but Kansas had a tradition of it. Kansas, Ted Owens, that was his thing. I got no problem with none of it. In fact, I will tell you guys, I went from Mr. Sanctimonious. I went from, hey, don't cheat. Hey, you're cheating. Hey, you're not graduating, kids, when it came to college basketball, to now I'm like, hey, really, I don't care. I don't give a damn what you do. It, you know what? It ain't my business. As long as, you know, when I turn on the TV, teams are pretty good. I want Indiana to be good. <laughs> I swear to God, if you'd have asked me, I probably did say it when uh, Cal hired uh, milk. Uh, I probably was critical of it. Like, yeah, that's, you know, that's crap, whatever. Now, fellas, I don't give a rat's because the NCAA don't give a rat's. College coaches don't give a rat's. Kids don't give a rat's. A a athletic departments don't give a rat's. University don't give a rat's. So I ain't fighting it. Good for Milt Wagner. Cash those checks, baby. <laughs> and, <good. laughs> and I'll tell you this, the grandkids better go to, go to Louisville. I mean, they <laughs> 
Here's a situation. Do the right thing, kid. Here's a situation, though, Dan, where it's so obvious and it's so easy to fix. Just make it that you can't hire a recruit's relatives. Boom. Problem solved. There's an easy way to do away with an obvious cheat. Yeah, but here's the thing, Paul, and I'm being totally honest with you. Coaches will tell you there's no such thing as cheating anymore. Now, Cade Cunningham. That's cheating. If I'm hiring your dad in order to get you to come to my school, that's cheating. Well, I mean, I could make the argument, and I'm sure Kenny Payne is. You know, Milt Wagner is a very respected player uh, at Louisville. How come you didn't hire him in the last 20 years? Well, he just got the job. He just got there. Kenny Payne just got the job. Yeah. Kenny just got the job, and he was between, you know, son and grandson. So, it's crap. You know, it's crap. When, of course it is. Of course <laughs> it is. So it's but, easily you know outlawed what? crap. Some of it's complicated, but this one's simple. Let me tell you something. Everything's easily outlawed. I've said this forever. You make rules. You say, this are the rules. This was, here's the line right here. Everything above it's a major violation. Everything below it's a minor violation. Because there are minor violations. Those things do happen. Everything above it, if you knowingly do it, you're banned from college coach. Go coach junior college. Go coach division two. Go coach NAI. Go coach professional. Go coach G League. Go coach overseas. The whole thing has always been easily fixed. Make the risk greater than the reward. Guys are like, hey, man, I don't care if I cheat because in college sports, in college basketball, Get fired for anything, anything, Paul, but cheating. Or excuse me, but losing. You cheated, but you won 25 a year, you'll get another job. You cheated, but you went to the Final Four a couple times, hell, you'll get another job. It doesn't matter. And I've said this forever, and I'm tired of, you know, I'm tired of kind of saying, here's the line. Above here, major violation. You do them knowingly, you're banned. We're not taking coaching away from you. We're not taking co- – hey, man, go to the NBA. Go to G League. Go to NAI. Go to NAI Division Two. Go to high school. Go to junior high. Go to wherever. But they've never done that. And I'm telling you, I know dudes who have cheated that say, Dan, come on, what's the worst thing I'm doing? Is giving money to a kid that doesn't have any? You think when I go in front of St. Peter, he's going to be mad because I gave a destitute family 20 grand? Please. That's how it's looked at. That's how it's always been looked at. And at the end of the day, now in particular, when you've got what? what are, what's Cal Perry making? $9 million a year? Kay's making $9 million a year? Guy leaves Dayton to come to Indiana to make $4 million. I told Indiana, you guys are nuts. You don't need to pay Archie Miller $4 million. Tell Archie Miller we'll give you a half million a year or stay your ass in Dayton. Good for you. Go fight win. <laughs> People don't know what they have, man. But, hey, when the risk does not – outweigh the reward you got a problem and i've always said here's the line above it you cheat knowingly you're banned dan dockage with us uh weekly and you can hear him daily across the outkick network uh for don't at me dan i would tell i would tell you you're gonna have a great memorial day weekend i would say have a great memorial day weekend and ask you your plans but when you live on Dockage Lake, I know exactly what you're doing on Memorial Day Enjoy weekend. Enjoy that boat this weekend. There's going to be – there's really, there's going to be – I got all my kids coming in, stepkids, my kids, and we're going to be doing what you do. I'll tell you this. If you, want, if you want something enjoyable on Sunday, I'm telling you, 
stream the Indianapolis 500 on radio. I swear mm. to you. You think to yourself, no, that's stupid. But yes. listen to yes, it I do. once. I know you do. But if you listen to it once, you'll be like, this is awesome. These guys are so good. They make the fourth lap sound like Kirk Gibson hitting a home run off of Dennis Eckersley. I swear to you. I turn the race. I don't go to the race because it's crazy. But I turn the race on. I do whatever. And I'm telling you, it's exciting as heck listening to it on radio. We return to soundtrack to your Sunday nap. Hey, as a as a guy who uh, I mean, you're speaking my language when you talk sports on radio, so I, I will make an effort right. to do exactly that. Why do I want the fourth lap of a race I don't care about to sound like Eckersley uh, in the World Series? Well, because like everything else, you need a little excitement. And again, if, if you don't want to listen to it, don't listen to it. But I'm telling you, if you do have any interest at all. If you don't care about it, there's nothing going to make you watch it. But if you have any interest, like, you know what? I've never really paid attention to 500. I'm going to pay attention. You know, here in Indy, it's not on local TV. It's blacked out. So everybody listens to the radio if you don't go to the radio. That's insane that's it's blacked out. Yeah, it's nuts. But it is. Thanks, Dan. Have a great weekend, man. What's that? Enjoy. Have a great weekend. See you guys. Ben Dockich has been our guest, and he will join us again next week. And again, check out Don't At Me across the Outkick Network. Coming up, we uh, recap the show and also tell you um, about the the Colorado Rockies, who deserve a shout-out for the worst contract currently in baseball that they handed out based on other options. Next on Outkick 360. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire. By famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady. Live only on Netflix. Congratulations, Rockies, on the worst contract in baseball. Outkick 360 rolls on. If you look at the contracts this year, I don't think there's anyone worse than Chris Bryant in Colorado. He signed a seven-year, $182 million deal late in the spring, and it's instantly mocked because, number one, he's aged terribly. Last season, 265. Um, across 2020 and 2021, his season tuckle, his total, he slugged 455. That's down from the 516 slugging percentage he posted the first five seasons of his career. He still got the big contract. The Rockies watched Trevor Story walk and Arenado walk, one of the best hitters in baseball, and they gave the contract to him, and he just went on the injured list again. He's, He's not even helping them. He's 32. To give a seven-year contract to a 30-year-old is just not. Two games after Ooh. returning to the lineup from being hurt. He's hurt again, and he's played 17 games, and he's not hit a single home run all season. He got old fast. It also seems like a desperate move. When they, they lost Arenado and Story, then signed Bryant, right? Yes. So it sounds like a team that, well, we got to get someone that's a big name, right? We'll overpay this guy. And they bring him in. It's a terrible contract. It also seemed like he was the kind of guy that was going to be a lifelong Cub. I know the Cubs kind of uh, strip things bare. They didn't even want to give him a position. Yeah. The Cubs. Yeah, they had a hard time with that, didn't they? Uh, 
Anthony Rizzo was a damn good Cub, and his career continued. He's a great Yankee. He's given them leadership that they they lacked in addition to great defense and solid at-bats. But I'm I'm a little sad for Chris Bryant. I don't know that much about him. It seems like a good but dude. He's but an outstanding player, and for him to, to be so bad at 30 and yeah. have such troubles is uh, sad. So Matt Carpenter's a Yankee now, Paul. Matt Carpenter has had some bad years, but he went to the Rangers minor leagues, I believe. There's an article out in The Athletic about his quest to rebuild this swing. He went down to uh, the minors for the Rangers and put up pretty good numbers in 21 games, and then they kind of had a mutual um, – mutual agreement to release him because there was nowhere for him to go with the Rangers. Um, and the Yankees uh, starting to struggle with some injuries. Uh, picked him up, put him right on the Major League roster. He's not playing tonight. He's not in the starting lineup. But I bet he plays pretty soon. Uh, Yankees give guys a lot of nights off. You talk about load management. Um, they really manage their guys. Braves are doing that right now with Ronald Acuna where, I mean, it's every other day. You know, he'll be in the field for one game, day off. Then he'll be a DH, then day off, then field again. I mean, it's never Well, he's coming off of something. Yeah. What they're doing is preventing stuff. So, like, Judge is DHing tonight. Pre- preventing and bonuses. And then he'll have a random Monday <laughs> just off yeah. for no reason, though. It's like, I don't mind if they give him a day off, like, for a matchup or something. But what they do, it seems like they've got a calendar in Brian Cashman's office that says he's off these days. It doesn't matter who they're playing, yeah. what yeah. the matchup is, or anything like that. It's predetermined. I don't like that. Like, pick the right series and the right matchup. And yeah. stuff it should be a like feel that. thing yes. with the manager and the player. Like, give them a day off this yeah, week. Now's the time but to pick a day it off. based on, right. on what's going on. No day off for us tomorrow. Nope. Bobby Carpenter will join us, Brent Hubbs, the latest SEC headlines, SEC schedule discussion, and more. We hope you'll join us for Outkick 360 across the Outkick Network. In the meantime, do not block the box, but please lock your lock.